This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. Can't really make up its mind. Are we going to get some more glorious rain like we have Baruch Hashem been getting quite a lot of this this week, which is just wonderful. Bez Hashem. Hashem should send the same kind of bracha down on Cape Town uh, soon without without that much uh, delay. A very, very warm welcome to all of our listeners. Uh, I'm so glad to uh, get some feedback. Someone actually phoned me today and said that they are always listening. And that's such a wonderful thing to know because I say, you, you sit here, we don't know who's who's listening to us and what's going on. So, yes, we do appreciate uh, any kind of feedback, be it positive, be it constructive, obviously, if there's something you would like us to talk about or something that I say which absolutely drives you crazy or something like that, please, please let me know because really, we really are here to, to serve you. We really are here to make your life interesting and uh, informative and turn your your Friday afternoon into into Erev Shabbos and make it an experience of of, of learning some Torah, of, of growing a bit, of having something that uh, might uh, inspire you for the coming for the coming uh, for the coming Shabbos. Uh, this week we are with uh, Pashas Mishpatim. Pashas Mishpatim is really the beginning of Akadosh Baruch Hu kind of pouring out to us and and, uh, and uh, elaborating on some of the mitzvot that uh, that uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, gave us at uh, at, uh, at at our Sinai, and uh, you know that we begin with a lot a lot of the civil and and social. Laws, although uh, actually quite quite interesting, that uh, although we think of Pashas uh, Mishpatim as being the kind of the bastion of uh, of uh, different uh, different laws that uh, of of different uh, of the kind of so- social and 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 civil laws, the reality is that that's not totally true. In fact, uh, I saw brought down a name in one of the commentaries that. Uh, there are a total of fifty-three mitzvot that are presented in in this week's parsha, and of those fifty-three, forty-two of them, which I guess is about eighty percent, are are formed into the realm of being mishpatim, of being, as I say, these kind of civil laws, more about the kind of interpersonal relationship. What do you do if you damage someone? The laws of 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 uh, custodians, the laws of of damages and things, uh, things along that uh, line, and then there are a few other things. We have the Yom Tovim, interspersed in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the parsha. In fact, uh, this commentary says that uh, the, the parsha starts ve'ele hamishpatim, and the, the in fact the numerical value of the word ve'ele is forty-two. To show you that of all the mitzvot in in the parsha, forty-two of them are in fact. Uh, uh, the the mishpatim that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu right that Hakadosh Baruch Hu talks about. In fact, uh, something maybe we should uh, actually wonder about. And if you didn't, maybe we should have uh, 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 wondered about. So we suddenly have uh, uh, seven psukim that actually seem totally <coughs> out of place in the middle of our. Uh, 
of our Pasha. So right in the middle of the Pasha, somewhere between uh, Hamishi and uh, and Shishi, we have uh, two Pesukim, uh, I think there are Pesuk 10 and, and 11, which talk about the, the Shemitah, the special uh, rest in of the of the land in the uh, in the seventh year, pasuk twelve talks about Shabbos. Uh, Fourteen is about the Shalosh Golam, the three festivals. Fifteen about Pesach. Sixteen is about Shavuos and and Sukkot. So uh, you can see that it's very very organized, very very uh, you know uh, everything is in is in order. Uh, uh, Shabbos and Pesach Shavuos as we go through the through the uh, through the year. Uh, the first three Sukkim about Shemitah and then Shabbos and then uh, the Shalosh Ragolim and uh, and uh, etc. I, in case you were listening, I, I neglected to mention one one pasuk in between the mention of. Shabbos, which is Pasuk 12, and number 14, which starts talking about the Shalash Regalim, in the, right in the middle of that, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Pasuk 13, says, and I quote, Uvachol asher omarti alechem tishameru, and whatever I have said to you, you shall guard, you shall protect, v'shem Elohim acherim loisaskiru, and don't mention the names of other gods, lo yishama apiyecha. That should not be heard on uh, on on uh, on your lips. So again, you sh- the the summarize. You should guard everything that I've told you to do, and the na- any name of any kind of idol worship of any kind of avodah should not even be mentioned through you. Uh, Right, you should. We shouldn't uh, use. Rashi uh, says we shouldn't even use a place of idol worship, even as kind of a landmark. Right, you shouldn't uh, uh, make up that I'm going to meet you at this and this place, which is near this particular uh, idol worship center, etc. Uh, we shouldn't mention Avodah uh, at all. This is very, very strange. That in the middle of. Uh, a discussion about Shemitah and then Shabbos and then Yontif. Suddenly we start talking about, uh, 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 yeah, suddenly we start talking about uh, not to talk about Avodah uh, Why is that between Shemitah and, and Shabbos on one side and, and the three Regalim on, on the other side with a kind of a Avodah uh, uh, right in the, in the, in the middle? Um, it's a difficult, difficult, uh, difficult issue. So perhaps there's a, there's a, a concept that is brought down by by Rav Hutna in uh, in Pachad Yitzchak. He doesn't necessarily ask this uh, this question, but uh, perhaps with the concept that he that he presents, maybe maybe it uh, it will shed some light on. Uh, on uh, why that pasuk needs to be where, where it is. And for those who have been uh, possibly following the the Dafyomi, we recently had a Mishnah at the beginning of uh, Masechet Avod Zara that says that uh, the days before a particular 
holiday celebrated by certain people who serve various idols and avodazaras. So, Halakha says that those are, are days in which a person is not allowed to even give or, or cause any kind of benefit to someone who is an idol worshiper. We can't really do business with them. We can't buy or sell from them because uh, in, the, in the immediate proximity to their holiday in a couple of days before it, they're already kind of looking forward to their, to their holiday. And if you, let's say, give them any type of a, of a financial benefit, you, you sell something to them, you buy something from them, and they, they feel happy about it, it's going to cause them then when they go to their place of worship on their, on their holiday, they're going to talk to their, to their Gechkala, to their Avedizara, to express the gratitude to their God, because obviously they will consider that uh, the success they got was brought about by, by their God. Now, uh, so it seems like, in other words, if we're going to do business with with them, so that's going to cause them then to go and say thank you to their God, which sounds like then, and and uh, there are some of the commentaries that seem to intimate that, that the problem then is that we are then possibly causing them to to uh, do something wrong. We're causing them to do something that is not better, to, to serve and, and, and give gratitude to their, to, their, to their God. And if we cause that, then uh, for a Jew to even be the cause of someone to do something wrong, there's a standing prohibition of lifnei iver lo titen mechshol, that you're not allowed to put a stumbling block in front of a blind person, which isn't to be taken only in the literal sense, but means don't uh, put anyone in a situation where you're going to cause him to do something he shouldn't be he shouldn't be doing. The the Chazon Yish, however, says that the problem here is not this uh, the desecration of the uh, prohibition of Lifneiva Lositein Mechshol, because if you actually cause a a a non-Jew to give thanks to his uh, to his idol says the Chaznish. That's not actually a a prohibition of lifnei Eva. You're not causing him to do an avera because in fact the non-Jew has not done anything wrong. A a non-Jew is commanded not to bow to his idol, not to to offer. Uh, any kind of sacrifices to his idol, or not to believe in an idol as as being his uh, as being his god, but that is a prohibition. But once he already believes in this in this uh, idol and he believes this is his god, so now to go and uh, actually say thank you and uh, kind of. Uh, Ascribe the the benefits, the the enjoyment, the gain you have uh, you have accumulated to the idol <coughs> is not in fact such a sin for a for a a non a non Jew. That is not the act of serving the idol. That is not the act of sacrificing the idol, and is not is not prohibition. 
Uh, so therefore, it says that the, the, the concept here is not at all related to this prohibition of, uh, of Lifnaivra, of causing him to do an Avera, because it's not. What is it then? So why is it a problem for us to do business with them just before the Yantu? So says the Chaznish, it's a totally different concept. It's a concept related to this idea of loy yishama apyecha, what it says in this passage. Do not be the cause of anyone, uh, as, as we learn now, well, that's it. don't be the cause of anyone speaking about an, an avaydazar. In other words, this idea that you, you are not allowed to cause any thanks, any appreciation, any good feeling to be offered to this uh, to this particular uh, avodah If you do, then you're violating the prohibition of lo yishama apicha. If because of what you do, the the non-Jew gives thanks and and talks to and about his God, that is the violation of of this this particular this particular negative commandment. Right? You shouldn't give the non-Jew any kind of reason at all to express gratitude, to give thanks to his to his avodah to what to what he says his avodah has has done. This is the this is the concept of of the chaznish to explain the the prohibition of of as you said of doing business with a with a non-Jew with a non-Jew just before just before the the holiday. Now, Rav Hudna quotes this uh, this chaznish, and then and then uh, says, well, from from this concept. Kind of, you know, there's a, there's a concept of a me'oyvai tachkimeni from from my enemies. I learn how to be clever. I learn how to from 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 uh, the way our enemies act. We learn we learn kind of wisdom for 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 ourselves. So Rav Hudna writes quite quite uh, quite an interesting uh, uh, concept that anything that we find that the non-Jews did. As a kind of a way, as a as a measure of serving their avodah uh, is then something that you should think about as to whether it is uh, some kind of perhaps an, an applicable kind of idea or or, or muster that we should we should take and, and that we should use in our service of. Of Hashem Lekim, of, of of our God. In other words, to 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 use the things that happen as a means of of bringing us closer, of, of causing us to serve serve the Rebbeinu So he talks about this whole concept that Rav goes on to talk about. There's a concept, there's a mitzvah we have. One of the constant mitzvahs is accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, Kabbalas. All Malchus Shemayim, and uh, and then he starts talking about the 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 the, the whole concept of Leishem Apicha, and, and goes off on, on 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 a tangent there. But if you think about what he what he's really, what he said to us, what he actually implies is that kind of just like an idol worshiper takes the time before his or her uh, holidays and sees everything 
that happens, every business deal that happens, every event that transpires, and sees that as somehow being related somehow to their holiday, which is yeah, which is coming, uh, and 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 everything is going to be a cause for them to be able to to appreciate and and say thank you to to their to their uh, gods. So then, for us, so how much more so? <laughs> well, we of course believe that. Or all our ayamim toivim, right? So we, of course, should do exactly the same thing, and that is that before any yom tov comes, we should take the days before yom tov and see them as days of preparation, days of getting ourselves ready, days leading up to any kind of a yom tov should be days of of meaning. Look for ways to to find in everything that happens in in our, in, our, in our running around and shopping in our last minute activity should all be considered something that we can then relate back to the chesed of Hashem to things that we have to show appreciation for to to Hashem. Now, uh, of course, since this uh, this uh, this non-Jew who is serving uh, who is serving uh, idol. Uh, you know, uh, they do the the the, the mission says that it's only forbidden for for three days before their holiday. That's that's a, about how long their their mind is capable of of focusing and and thinking about it. Ours, as we know, that uh, we have a concept of shloshim yoyma, thirty days before before uh, a festival, where we start getting our mind around it, and this is perhaps the concept. Of loyi shama al 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 picha, which is something that you know, if the idol worshippers do it before their holiday, is is something and something that we need to to learn from, you know, see what they do and 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 use that as a lesson. Well, if they can uh, uh, see everything that happens before their regal their their holiday as as being sort of organized and and of, of worthy of saying thank you to their God, then certainly we should try to to uh, to emulate that in, in our avoida, in our service of of uh, of Hashem. And of course if that is the uh, then if that is the message, then of course it fits beautifully into the into the Pasak. The Pasak mentions Shemitah and then Shabbos and then before it starts talking about the three festivals tells us this this uh, concept of uh, that in the same way as you we're not allowed to do anything that's going to cause the non-Jew to speak about and and, and ascribe uh, uh, praise to his to his gods, which is a halacha that uh, applies to our right? So therefore, it should apply to us also serving serving Hashem, right? Uh, uh, that uh, that uh, you know we we should also adopt this as as our proper our proper way of uh, of behaving of acting of acting towards Hashem and it's just an interesting insight into why the uh, why the Torah told us the the things that uh, that it did right before in the middle of a discussion of the uh, of the of the regal just one last very quick thing maybe a question before you know this is mishpatim a lot of legal. Uh, a lot of legal things that come that come up 
maybe just a, a quick one, something for you maybe to talk about at the at the Shabbos table. This is actually uh, something, uh, a, a situation that actually uh, uh, transpired. There was once a a man, uh, a Jew who owned, uh, who owed, sorry, another Jew money, and and uh, he paid him, and he paid him back in uh, in cash. So the next day, the person who received the money uh, it came back and to the person who gave it to him and said that one of the the bills that he had uh, received from him was in fact not legal tender. It was a uh, it was counterfeit. He went into a shop to try to uh, change it, and he was told that it was that it was counterfeit. He went into the bank and and checked it, and indeed one of them was in fact not good. So therefore. Uh, the person who received the payment, let's call him the, the lender, is, is demanding that the person replace that, uh, that $100 bill, needs to replace it because it's, 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 no, it's no good, and therefore you owe me this, this $100. Now, does in fact uh, have to, have, does, he have to uh, does he have to pay, or can he just say, uh, that uh, he's not going to pay because again it, it gets into a, a, a uh, an interesting question that uh, is very very much uh, discussed in the uh, in the uh, Gemara of where one of the claimants uh, has a certain claim and the other one has only a claim that he's not that he's not sure of right because so, the person who's claiming the money says that he's for sure. That uh, the, it's uh, uh, the money is is counterfeit and and uh, and he hasn't paid the full debt. The one who paid it doesn't know. He uh, right. So it it could be that in fact a hundred dollars was counterfeit, right? And it it may be the money that he gave. He has actually no way of uh, of verifying whether he paid it or not. Now we. We hold that when one person has a certain time, I'm sure you you gave me a counterfeit bill, and the other person is is not sure. So then, uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the person that uh, has a certain claim actually uh, is victorious, and he gets he gets uh, his his uh, his money. But uh, right, okay. Uh, Okay, we need to we need to uh, we need to move on. I'm I'm going to uh, perhaps clarify this after break. We're going to take a break for one minute. This is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon here on Chai FM, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One hundred one point nine Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul here on Friday afternoon. We are going into a Quite a big Shabbos this week. It is, first of all, as we said, Parshat Mishpatim. It is also the uh, first of the four special Parshat that we read leading kind of to and through Purim and going up to Pesach this week is Parshat Shekalim. We read a six-verse uh, uh, Maftia from the Parsha of Kitisa, which brings it talks about the bringing of the half shekel that every Jew was required to bring uh, every year, so he could be part of the 
the uh, sacrifices that were brought on a regular basis in the uh, in in the temple, and uh, that comes then with a special a special haftorah because the the haftorah always matches what we read for for the maftir. It's also uh, Shabbos Mavorchim. Uh, please God, we're going to be celebrating Rosh Chodesh Adar this week. Rosh Chodesh will be on Thursday and and Friday, and then we're truly into the build-up for 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 Purim. In fact, uh, uh, you know, it's almost it almost is Purim. Three weeks from today, will already be will already be past. Purim will be on will be on Shushan, Shushan Purim, and uh, so there's lots and lots of uh, excitement in in the year. The important details we need to know for this for this Shabbos uh, candle lighting. The latest candle lighting tonight is at six thirty seven. Six thirty seven is the latest time you can light candles. Sunset today is at six fifty five. Five minutes to to uh, seven again if you're part of a community that uh, accepts shabbos earlier you know perhaps at the standard johannesburg summer acceptance time which is quarter past six and of course you are bound by you are bound by that uh shabbos kodesh ends tomorrow night at 27 minutes past seven seven twenty seven again we'll bench for schrodish benching for schrodish on thursday and uh and, and Friday, so it's quite a quite a uh, special special week uh, coming up for 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 us, uh, in, both in Johannesburg and of course uh, everywhere in the uh, in the world as as Jews get ready into uh, in, get get ready to prepare for for the upcoming uh, the upcoming uh, Chagim. We were talking last week about the concept of. Uh, uh, work again that is being done that was done on on Shabbos uh, intentionally by a Jew for whatever motivation he had and the the problem and restriction that exists even in benefiting from that after after uh, a Shabbat so in other words if for example if one had a a non-observant Jew who consistently does Work does you know things that are forbidden on Shabbos on behalf of other of other Jews. So then, even when Shabbat is over, even on Motzei Shabbat, it's forbidden for anyone, any of the people that he did this work for, to uh, to actually benefit from 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 the work because, as we said before. When the work was done on a once-off basis, where someone you know lost his head and and went on Shabbos and did something uh, forbidden, so then we said that while he himself cannot benefit even after Shabbos, but other people we said could use it and and enjoy it once Shabbos was over, because since it was done inadvertently or since it was done on a once-off basis so we're not going to worry that they're going to say hey this was so nice that they might actually turn around and ask the Jew that next week he should again uh, uh, break Shabbos for them so that they'll be able to enjoy what he's done on Matzah Shabbos that, that's, not, that's not going to, to happen in a situation where it was a once where it was a once-off but when we're talking about a situation where a person habitually, God forbid, breaks the Shabbos 
and he, whatever he does it is for for his parnas. He does to prepare things for for other other people. Then one is not allowed to benefit from what he's done any time. Uh, uh, you know, even even uh, for a long time after 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 Shabbos. In other words, let's say there's a uh, a, a Jewish concern, which obviously is open on 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 Shabbos, and then uh, bakes. Let's say bakes nice fresh bread uh, on Shabbos in order to sell it on Moetzer Shabbos. I know people like uh, for for Mulam Malka to have a to have nice fresh breads better than having kind of leftover uh, day and a half old chalas. They want to buy some fresh bread, so this this concern makes it for them in order to sell it on uh, on on Moetzer Shabbos. So. Even if we have, let's say, no doubt about the kashrut of the bread, let's say, uh, although this person doesn't keep Shabbos, we know we can, uh, we can, uh, we can trust him for, uh, for with, with that everything is, uh, is, is, uh, is kosher. Still, uh, it would be forbidden for any Jew to eat those breads that he baked on, uh, on Shabbos because if we do become his customers and we do eat those breads on uh, on Matzah Shabbos, so that is then encouraging this person that next that he'll do the same thing next week. Oh, and they love to come buy my fresh bread on uh, on Matzah Shabbos. So next week he'll bake even even more and 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 set it up even nicer so that he can he can do even a better a better business and, and what you're actually then happening is you're actually becoming almost a, a, a partner in, in the Avera that, uh, that he's doing because you, you are providing him with the motivation to do, to do that, uh, that, that, that Avera. Uh, similarly, if you, let's say you have a, a restaurant with a, a Jewish, a Jewish chef and, uh, he obviously cooks on Shabbos. He's employed. He works on on Shabbos, and but but he is cooking on Shabbos. He's already preparing food for the uh, for the influx of uh, customers on Matzah Shabbos. Somehow, uh, in spite of uh, everyone being so full that they they can't even manage a morsel of food when it comes Shabbos Shabbos time, come Matzah Shabbos, they're all able to go out and partake of quite a quite a a big meal. It's always something that has a slightly uh, slightly in intrigued me so if this uh, jewish uh, let's say uh, baker is uh, is cooking or whatever chef is cooking things on shabbos for the customers that are, that are going to come after shabbos so then obviously it would be forbidden for any jew to become a customer of that restaurant and eat that food on uh, on 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 Matzai, Matzai shabbos obviously it's it's not such a common scenario because obviously a a restaurant that was uh, open and 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 cooking on on Shabbos obviously would uh, not be given a a license would not be given a a, a kashrut certificate by any kind of reputable uh, organization and therefore we're talking more conceptually than actually uh, and actually uh, 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 pra- practically Similarly, if let's say, and this is probably more relevant uh, uh, in Israel, uh, if you're particularly uh, uh, fanatical about uh, a certain sport or a certain sport event, and your team played on 
on on Shabbat. So of course you're not going to watch the uh, the game live. It's not not Shabbatic, but uh, you will put on your VCR. Do, do those things even exist in war? whatever whatever the means are nowadays of of uh, recording things uh, so that they can be watched. Uh, they can be watched uh, later. Some kind of a uh, a sporting event or whatever any other any other kind of uh, event that was filmed on Shabbos. I'm not even sure that the word filmed exists because who uses film? Everything is a uh, everything is digital. That what it was whatever was uh, captured by a a Jewish cameraman or a Jewish concern on on Shabbos. So again, since that uh, capture was done obviously as part of 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 a unfortunate uh, uh, event of of uh, breaking and desecrating uh, uh, Shabbos and unfortunately was done obviously wantonly and uh, you know these people are being paid to to cover this uh, event and it's been done quite in- uh, intentionally uh, on behalf of a those who are watching the alive the event live and those who might watch it later on Moetzoi Shabbat, or if it was just being sort of videotaped on Shabbat in order to be shown on uh, on uh, Moetzoi Shabbat, so it would be forbidden for a Jew to have uh, any benefit from that breaking of uh, of, uh, of of Shabbos. That would be a quite a problematic kind of kind of situation. We need. Uh, to break quickly for another spot and we'll come back with just a couple of closing comments in a moment. This is 11.9 High FM. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 High FM. We are back for the last couple of minutes. Thank you so much for for being with us. We're talking about work that is done on, on uh, Shabbat and whether or not we can have benefit from from it, I mean, you could have an interesting situation again in an environment where, let's say, in in Israel, where let's say fruits or, or vegetables that reach the marketplace on on Sunday, uh, if one was able to verify that in fact uh, that fruit or veg was in fact picked on on Shabbos and then immediately shipped to. Uh, to the uh, sort of shopping centers or whatever it's to the shop that again would be a would be a a, a problem uh, because again by us buying them then we are causing them to to sin we are actually giving uh, support and, and and buttress to those people that uh, that uh, uh, do this this uh, this uh, this work and um, the the truth is it's again it's a, like in all things in halacha there are are discussion about it. Uh, Rav Tzvi Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank uh, in his uh, in his uh, chuvas uh, actually comes out that again while obviously the the people who did the work can never have benefit he wanted to be lenient and allow other people to have benefit from it after Shabbos. Uh, so long as the breaking of Shabbos was not done specifically at their 
best if they they had ordered the fruit or vegetables and and then there whatever it was it was being prepared for them that would be more of a problem but simply to go to the shop and and buy where you didn't uh, request it you never uh, you never made any kind of plan about it wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, 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 forbidden forbidden but many of the other uh, many of the other uh, uh, commentaries don't agree with that and are stricter uh, Rabin Sien uh, Abishol uh, and, and Ravavadya also both of them uh, uh, bring down that uh, let's say even a pot of food that a a, a non-religious person cooked on Shabbos in, intentionally uh, so <clears throat> the and, and obviously what he cooked was uh, was uh, was kosher so says that uh, they say that just like the person who cooked it would never be allowed to have benefit from it so too it's forbidden for uh, uh, anyone else and they even go so far as to say well what about the pot itself if you cook the pot that food is is is, is uh, almost like uh, something that is is, is trafe it's it's unedible and uh, he might have to according to them even have to uh, uh, kasher the the pot again before it can be uh, before it can be uh, it can be eaten and then again there's a, a, a medium opinion that says well we're not going to forbid the the pot but we're still going to forbid uh, the the food and uh, you know it 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 remains it remains an interesting uh, in, in, in interesting uh, uh, discussion where you know some want to compare it to the cooking of a nanju, where we know if a nanju cooks food, so the the pots do become. And are these kind of Jews actually uh, uh, much better than than? And it's it's a, it's interesting discussion. Certainly something to of course be uh, be uh, be avoided. But certainly what comes out, I mean, the for other other people could certainly use the pot after after Shabbos, even if the food itself became became forbidden. That is about all the time we have. They, we're ready almost for the 3 o'clock news, and then the chief rabbi, and then some great music leading up to the beginning of the Shabbat. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to my controller for making everything happen. And just to wish each and every one of you a beautiful, warm, family-orientated, growth-orientated, beautiful Shabbat Shalom.